welcome to Frown Town with all your smooth frown hits. Welcome back to Frown Town. We're, we're super happy to be here. V, uh, that's V Chatty that you just heard. This is Jay Jones. Yeah, Frown Town. Hooray. I, I'm thinking about the people. Let's get our first caller on the line. <laughs> I'm thinking about the people who just had to go through our intros like da 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 da. And we're like, hey, everyone, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> That part is... It's about contrast. Yeah. It's, it's about a, contrast. We're a show about contrast. That's what our entire show is now. It's just all contrast. Let's just do contrast. I'm black. You're white. Let's go. <laughs> like, Ebony and ivory. <laughs> I just want to point out that it took us 89 episodes before we did that, and I'm proud of that. I am proud of the fact that we have never sung that song. I'm proud of us. I am too. We're, I'm proud of we're, us. We're pretty awesome dudes, I think. I feel like uh, <laughs> on the on the scale of podcasting dudes, I think we're pretty awesome. I feel like uh, we're better than most, if not all. If I'm going to be, yeah, yeah, egregiously, Absolutely. like like super super confident, I'm, um, I think we're. You better know, than, the bar, uh, the bar the is bar low. is on the floor. The bar is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the bar is like a limbo um, bar. I'm pretty it just sure keeps the bar going lower and lower and lower. <laughs> <laughs> the bar is in the basement. Yeah, uh, the bar is hell, uh, and the basement is flooded with sewage. Here's something fun that I found out in therapy. V. Um, so I have been telling oh, everyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm. By the way, I'm in therapy. Have been now. This is my second month. Hell yeah! Give it up for therapy. Yeah, we we really have to because I pay a lot of money for it, but <laughs> it's <laughs> so expensive. But I um. I've, okay, so I, I found out in therapy, uh, which I've been going to for a couple months, that I I, woke, I found a lot of stuff out, right? So first of all, I found out that like I negatively talk to myself in, in, inside, internally. And so like that's how mm-hmm. I motivate myself. I motivate myself with negativity. So I'm, I'm constantly just kind of like, fucking do it, <laughs> you fucking asshole. Like, I'm constantly just kind of like talking shit do to it, myself. Do it, you dumb bitch. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I too like to talk shit to myself. I talk a lot of shit to myself internally. That's... that's- that's my motivation. Like that's how. Like you know, I'm like yeah. Like I'm. I'm like you know why you go into the gym? So you Sorry, need I just to realized that my. Uh, I I just realized that my antidepressants match my hair, and that's really exciting oh, for me. Uh, that's how did speaking of speaking of mental health. Yeah, hair matching. I think that's a real flex. But so the other thing that I will say uh, that I learned um, from my therapist is that uh, I, I've been telling everyone I'm atheist, but I actually tell people that so that I, I get left alone because I don't want to talk to people about mm-hmm. the fact that I'm actually pretty agnostic. Like, I, and there are times I'm like, "Oh, God's sure. real," and there's other times I'm like. This shit is made up and I'm just on the fence and I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to have a conversation about it. So I just tell people I'm atheist because it's easier. Right. And I feel like if people, some people, sure. uh, cause I've told other people this as well. And then they were like, well, aren't you, don't you think God's going to be mad about the fact that you're denying he exists? And I was like, well, I don't know if I want a God that is upset about that. Like if he doesn't understand that I'm just trying to like figure things out right. and be left alone, then I don't think I need it. I think it's I'm fair, good. It's pretty petty. Yeah. It's uh, like, like it, you, it, you, you can, you can forgive everything else but this. Okay. Right. Cause there's a lot of other stuff to forgive. Yeah. Like you, you can, you can forgive like murder and like all this other stuff. But if you're just a little bit unsure. <laughs> no. <laughs> then. <laughs> we reserve the worst I mean, place God, in hell for you. God, if you think about it, if you think about it, God is just like the first like security system, like. You know, like people have like nanny cams to make sure that their nanny is like. Oh, you're saying not he's like an elf on the shelf. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. God is the first elf on the shelf. They're just yeah. like, he fucking sees you when you're sleeping. Or that's Santa. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Same, same like, difference. Same difference. But yeah, he's the first elf on the shelf. And also, why is Santa watching us sleep? I feel like that's fucked up, Santa. Like... <laughs> what bad thing am i doing in my goddamn sleep you perv like why are you watching kids sleep i don't appreciate that no one's anyway uh that's right it's weird i'm throwing i'm throwing barbs at santa pre-christmas and I, i'm pretty sure my christmas <laughs> will be fine um but no so here's the thing that i think uh i want to talk about because uh, i stumbled across this so as i was trying to like realizing i'm kind of agnostic i was like would i even want to go to a church and i thought like to myself i'll just look around and see if there's any churches around maybe i go to one maybe i see what's up with them and so then i looked uh on my phone i was like oh church is near me and now we have talked about this before uh on frown town i'm sorry i'm sorry i had to drink some lacroix but we talked about this before on frown town um one of the things we've talked about is like how in the south there's churches like everywhere right Oh, there's so many churches in Texas. Yeah, I know. We talked about there's that. There's a church. There's a church. Um, like, there, it's I like just Starbucks. want everyone to know. I can't remember. I can't remember what city it was in. But when I was driving through some small town in Texas and I stopped to get gas, there was a church called Agape Ministries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I've, I bet that's a very holy ministry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. It made me consider it made me reconsider joining the faith, you know? Like, man. I mean, I believe Is this the Glory Hole Church? <laughs> um Glory unto God and unto our holes. It's <laughs> the church that keeps you coming back every time. Um okay, so <laughs> Uh, we had way too much fun with that. Um, but the, the, the thing I realized though, when I looked uh, them gape. up, gape, um, is that there are a lot of churches here too. And the thing that's unique about oh, that yeah. to me is, uh, land is expensive here. And, and I would say, I would put it, I put it a little so higher. It's so expensive. Is that a premium is what I put it at? Where we're almost at a point where I truly feel mm-hmm. where we're like, mm-hmm. yo, are we, we're about to run out of land. Like, right? There's, there's a giant, there's a giant church in um in Green Lake near Green Lake yeah. uh in the Roosevelt neighborhood which is it's just huge and yeah. i remember you know it's it's insane to me because i see so many homeless people there and then there's this giant church that basically looks like it was an old high school or something it's a yeah, yeah. giant freaking building and nobody's living in there and i can't even imagine i mean this building must be worth millions and millions and millions of dollars and like i i didn't i know that building you're talking about because i didn't realize i was a church until i was driving by i forgot what i was over on that side of town driving for whatever reason who cares why i was there but i was driving by and you saw their sign no i saw people lined up and then i was like what the fuck are people lined up out here on saturday for and then i looked up and i was like oh that's a church i was like that's a church and it it does yeah, look like a woman old school. Tried to get me to sign. A woman tried to get me to sign a thing to, in support of like anti-abortion laws uh, <laughs> when I was That's in, a very Christian walking thing by to do. one time. And then another time, I was walking and it was Halloween, and I was walking because um, I used to live up like right near there, and I was walking uh, down the past the church, mm-hmm. and they this dude who was dressed like a 
punk that i guess that was his halloween costume okay was like hey how's it going man you want to come party and i was like what and he was like yeah i'm going to a cool party and he points to the church and i was like oh a youth pastor would dress as a punk for halloween um yeah man i'm good um i'm i'm good like yeah (laughs) you know what I would go as if I were a youth pastor, I would I would do the ghost costume with like the little like eyes, you know, little eye holes. But then I punch yeah, the a sheet. I do like a bunch of holes all over it, and then everyone's like, "Oh, where are you supposed to be?" I'm like, "I'm the Holy Ghost." Ah, twice in the same day. It, okay. That- <laughs> they don't believe in the Holy Ghost. That's a Catholic thing. No, God the ho- everyone everyone believes in the Holy Spirit. First of all, every Christian does. It's a key part. Of almost every yeah, Christian doctrine. Yeah, but the doctrine. Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit are, are, are different it, things. No, they're not. I First of all, I can tell you for a fact they're not. They're intersectionally usable <sighs> words. I promise you they are. I promise you they are. Let's not have a... The, this is okay, not a religious podcast. The Holy Ghost this is, is not a, a very podcast. We're not going to have this argument Catholic right now. Catholic belief. Fair. <laughs> that is fair. But I, but I still feel within the realm of like Halloween costumes for Christian youth pastors, Holy Ghost is an acceptable pun. I think I can get away with it. You're correct. That is a very Catholic thing. But if I'm a youth pastor, I'm like, I'm the Holy Ghost. No one's going to be like, get out of here. Your doctrine is off, sir. Well, you would. I guess okay. they really, when I was in the evangelical church, they did love to make fun of Catholics. So there was always that. I feel like uh, that might just be an invel- – well, no, because we, we made fun of all religions on in my part. No, they were more just like – they were like, ha-ha, look at those Catholics. They have to say stupid chants and we have guitars. <laughs> it was a guitar church. Actually, I love hymnal chants, but whatever. Let's let's talk for a minute uh, about something that's unique about all those properties that are all without Seattle, uh, that are churches and also around the world. There's a lot of churches in Texas. And you have to ask yourself, uh, self. So many. Yeah. If, you, if you're talking to yourself in this, this dialogue, you say to yourself, like, all right, self. So, like, yeah. where do the churches get the money to build this these churches and the property? People put it. I have, you I've have had to this, tithe 10% of your income. Yeah, basically. But I've, I've really had, uh, like a, a rabbit hole with this, but there's, a, there's also one additional thing. So like, just follow me down the rabbit hole. So small, small congregation, right? Sure. Let's say a hundred people. I'm going to pull out my calculator because I don't want to appear stupid, but let's pull out, let's, let's say you have a hundred people and then we're in Seattle. So a hundred people in Seattle, uh, what do you want to say average, uh, income is like, what um seventy thousand sound right let's go with seventy thousand dollars seventy thousand is, is close i feel like that so that's that's seven million and then uh we we tie that that's ten percent we get seven hundred thousand seven hundred thousand doesn't get you a fucking piece of land in seattle <laughs> like that's not you see what i'm saying no, i mean obviously seven hundred thousand across time but like you're, you're paying out people churches have employees so like that's not like net profits uh-huh. but over it would be almost impossible, I think, for churches, especially small congregations, to exist if they were not tax exempt. You see what I'm saying? Right. They don't have to pay taxes. They don't pay any taxes. They don't pay any taxes on their income. They don't pay any taxes on land. They don't pay any taxes on sales tax. So like if I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a real Christian and 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 follow in the footsteps of Jesus all the way, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna build a church by hand. 
And I went to Home Depot, which is what Jesus did, right? I go to Home Depot and I'm like, give me some of that <laughs> Jesus lumber. And it's the it's the lumber that you have to like carry on your back like a cross. No, you've you've gotta go you've gotta go to you've gotta go to the Home Depot if you really wanna do what Jesus, like Jesus did. Go to the Home Depot and then you just wreck everything and you're like, Capitalism sucks. <laughs> Do you know who my dad is? I feel like in in this scenario, though, you're saying Home Depot is is like a temple of God. And it's like, do you have you been to Home Depot? That is not. (laughs) God would never. (laughs) It's a temple of God. It's my safe space. God would have better better labels for his aisles and a better system in general. Like I Home Depot is (laughs) Home Depot is like IKEA, but like with less sense. It's just it's it makes me so angry every time (laughs) I go there. It's like, yo, I just need a screwdriver. Good luck. Good fucking luck. You'll never find them in, in Home Depot. Home Depot Home Depot is like going to a church that's not particularly well organized. You know, it's still a church. I mean, no, place. it's it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I like that, that you worship Home Depot. This is this is interesting. Um, but I worship what, the creative spirit, Jay. What I will say uh, though is if I went and I bought everything from Home Depot and I was like, yo, I'm a pastor, I don't have to pay any sales tax yeah. for anything. So uh, all of your Oh shit. Yeah, really? I know. That's like that that would have been five dollars on my last purchase. I like you, why do you have a Home Depot receipt? You know what? I don't care why you have a Home Depot receipt that close to you. <laughs> I don't like that you were able to improv that. I hate that you were able to improv that. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so v why are churches tax yeah. exempt um because uh we're a christian nation and they went <laughs> churches to are we a christian nation be the one so wait 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 according to some people the nation that bombed japan uh exper- yep. experimented mm-hmm. on multiple people that's that's a Christian yep, nation. Yep. We're one nation under God. This is this is what I have heard. Yes. Okay. So uh, this is what that's I have a, been told. That, that what's funny about that indivisible. What's funny about that across several uh, points is that the actual argument for why churches are tax exempt is to maintain a separation of church and state. Oh wait. So yeah, let it sink in. It's not making sense yet, but it's gonna let it sink in. I'll, go ahead. Tell me. Tell me what you're thinking. Okay. Train of thought. Give me that train of thought. So. So to separate church and state, we have to make sure that the church doesn't pay money. <laughs> yeah, so that way, like, uh, like if the church catches fire, they don't get any fire services. If uh, someone starts shooting at a church, the police don't show up because they're they're exempt, right? That's how that works. That's not how that well, works. Well, I mean, that's not how that time, works at all. I mean, the last church that got. Sh- Shoot, shot, shotted, shoot, 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 shoot. I think it was up. a synagogue. The last uh, one I remember. There definitely were police. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I think the last one I remember. There's was too many, Jay. There's too many. There's a lot of religious organization shootings. Uh, which I'm not. First of all, I need to say this. All right, so let's talk about tax exemption status for religious people. Uh, I'm gonna say that now because I need this to. to I need to start off by saying this is not me coming for religion. We, uh, normally on Frown Town, we do this thing where we like we start off like ha ha ha, and we say something, and then we're like ah, then bam, we're in topic because that's that's on purpose. We do that on purpose, uh-huh. not because we're disorganized. It's just this is how we we purposely. Say the show up however i am now (laughs) i am now gonna put a signpost in the sand and be like look we're here to talk about tax exemption from religions and this is not me attacking religions 
I will say some things about religions mm. that it's going to sound very much like I am attacking religions, but I am not here to attack religions. I'm going to start by saying, though, I think they need to pay taxes. Not an attack on religions, just I think they need to pay taxes. And I am going to talk about uh, the history of the tax exempt status, why religions are tax exempt, what the reasoning behind it is, and then uh, what that has caused in our society today. As And I think by the end of it, I would hope that you'd be like, yo, we need to tax these motherfuckers. So like... let's start with how it separates church and state so the argument is is that because to maintain tax exempt status religions must and we talked about this pre-show but uh let's let's talk about it like on air so in the code of the irs it's irc section 501 c3 it says that organizations Ah. both churches and religious organizations must abide by these rules their net earnings may not ignore or benefit any private shareholder or individual. They must not provide a substantial benefit to private interests. They must not devote a substantial part of their activities to attempting to influence legislation. Notice they must uh-huh. not devote a substantial part. Yeah. They must not participate in or intervene in any political campaign on behalf of or in opposition to any candidate for public office. And the organization's purposes and activities may not be illegal or violate fundamental public policy. If you are a religious, (laughs) educational... (laughs) Me searching pastors who have endorsed Donald Trump.com. <laughs> well, not even that. If you remember, but here's what's, here's what's wild. Okay, so let, let's just walk through uh, those two things. So the idea is if we enforce these rules and then give a benefit to the religious organizations, they will remove sure. themselves from uh, religion, right? Or excuse me, from the state. So they, they will remove themselves from governance to the government and, and we'll have a separation of church and state. What has oh, happened- so they're just- they're. Just supposed to do that by, by themselves. There's no way to enforce that. Well, I mean, it is because if if there is ever a point where religious organization uh, influences legislation or attempts to influence legislation with a substantial part of their activities, if they uh, participate in or intervene in any political campaign on behalf of any candidate for public office, then theoretically they should lose their tax exempt status, and then they have to start paying. A mm. lot in taxes, property tax, sales yes. tax, income tax, like all the taxes that everyone else has to pay. But like right. to your point, so it's supposed to keep them honest. To uh... your point, though. <laughs> but but here's the thing. To your point, uh, like for instance, something that happened very recently, the Pope sat down and met with President Biden. How is that not interesting? How is that not an attempt to influence legislation? Yeah. Why is the Pope meeting with the president? I thought we were. Is the president meeting the with president, other religious well, the, leaders? The president is Catholic. That might be why. Oh, so what? Just because you're the fucking president and you're Catholic, the Pope comes to visit you? That's like, he's like, oh no, well, this I is don't my off the, the Pope is, the Pope worry is, about it. The Pope is weird because like uh, previous Popes have hey, not been- Hey, am I going to go visit the president? Uh, well, no, right, he's no. He's not I Italian. Don't, no, he's Argentinian. <laughs> uh, the Pope is weird <laughs> in a couple of different ways. I think it depends upon who the actual Pope is at the time. I think there's been like, his, historically, Popes have- uh, Historically, popes have like both like been standoffish and also very inclusive of government officials. I think it just depends upon the pope. This pope seems to be more inclusive and like be and more willing to actually reach out, but other popes have not been. But no, I, I, the thing that I was going to point out is I don't know if you remember there was this whole thing when Obama was running for president, how there was a pastor that he personally had that uh, <clears throat> people were upset about because I don't think he in I, I think he he, he might have right. 
it might have been Jeremiah, right? I, I I just remember first name was Jeremiah, but I remember like he said something okay. during a sermon. I feel, and I, I don't remember that. I guess I could I could easily look this up, but I I didn't. But yeah, I I I remember the the thing you were talking about, right? And so like I think the the thing that was the was problematic here was that he was saying something in endorsement of a candidate from a pulpit. So typically, like if I'm a pastor mm-hmm. and I just say, you know, Barack Obama is a personal friend of mine who I've known for a long time, and I intend to vote for him, I won't tell you how to vote but i intend to vote for him that's kind of like an endorsement and that in itself is just you talking for yourself i think if you're in the position of pastor and you are speaking actively from a platform that is granted to you by a religious organization it you can catch some heat i feel in your tax exempt status if it seems like you are again participating in or intervening in any political campaign the only thing i will say about this though Mm -hmm. is i feel like that the wording on this is vague enough that if you really, really want to, and I think most government officials really, really want to, you're not going to revoke tax status because they don't really want to, right? So, like, I mean, we can talk about, mm-hmm. uh, to your point, all the pastors that were like, Trump, vote for Trump. Or I thought about, like, remember all of the uh, church campaigns to, like, get out the vote where they had people, like, come to church and then immediately go vote? And I think in that case, it's not, I think the reason that they can be involved in that case is that they're encouraging citizens to be active in politics, but they're not trying to influence who they vote for. But like Mm -hmm. in most cases where that happens is black churches and churches in rural poor areas taking their, their like, uh, flock or lay, lay people to the polls. And I feel like those people are going to probably vote in blocks for specific candidates. And it's usually uh, coordinated with efforts, um, again, not by the campaign of the candidate, but by like grassroots efforts that uh, are trying to support that candidate. So because it's like so third party, I don't think we'll ever see someone get their tax exemption status revoked. But here's something fun to know for you, V. If as long as you feel, yeah. so there were uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, there were six requirements that we talked about. As long as you fulfill those six requirements, yes. you are automatically tax exempt. Dang. Extra money, pew pew pew. In fact, pew, pew. Uh, here's how much. How much money are we? Uh, how much money would they pay if they were taxed? Um, like how much oof. money are we losing in religious exemptions? So, here's uh, let's talk a little bit more about tax exemption, and then we can talk about why we okay. don't have a number for this. So, because they're tax exempt, right. and I, I'm, I'm actually about to sort of walk into that because you're automatically exempt you don't have to fill out tax paperwork or tax forms or anything right so you don't report have records i mean you i mean so to run a an organization you have to have some records but they don't have to be sure fucking good as long as you can pay the bills no one's really questioning right and so like the the other problem i think is and this is not problem the other thing is uh because there's they don't have to report any of their revenue they don't have to report how much money they make they don't have to report how much they've taken in they don't have to report any of that none of that has to be reported so no one knows or even like holdings like how much property does the church hold or investment or stock Mm -hmm. no one knows that if it's not public information that you have to source out yourself so it's actually sure. really, really hard to put a legitimately definable number to how much money in tax revenue is being lost to churches. But, Ooh. but, but I have a number for you. <laughs> it's All really, right. really hard, but I have a number for you. Uh, this is based on specifically, I feel like it's tax revenue based on income tax. This doesn't 
account for property tax. I think it might account for investments because they're not, well, here, I'll just say they calculate the loss of tax revenue to exceed $71 billion. Uh, with parsonage mm. subsidies alone amounting to over $1.2 billion. And even these estimates are extremely conservative given the cloudiness and obfuscation that's endemic in religious finances. According to the authors, we realize that religions would be the ideal way to launder money if you're engaged in an illegal enterprise. Mm, good tip, government. <laughs> and, a, and a true story, all you have to do, and again, I will read the things back to you. So here, if you're taking notes, uh, if you're trying to get tax-exempt status. I'm just saying, like, I, you know, I could, like, there's plenty of people who worship the moon out there. I'm sure we could get a group together. But, but literally, all you have to do <laughs> is just have, but here's what's crazy. Again, the text for the tax-exempt status reads, and, and I want you to, to hear me, the organization must be organized and operated exclusively for religious, educational, scientific, or other charitable purposes. Or. Or. Not and. Or. Not and now you see what I'm saying. Huh. You don't even really have to be a religion if so, you are just educational. So this is- so this is the but this is this is essentially a 501c3 so a nonprofit would be included in this yes, as well. Yes, nonprofits fall into this as well. That's what the charitable purposes are. Yeah. But like if you're just trying to start yeah. a but I think the the catch here is that so for uh non-charitable organizations there is a lot more scrutiny into their books and how they're run and the requirements for them than there are for right. religious organizations. And again, for religious organizations, if you meet the requirements in the 501c3, you are automatically tax exempt. Not, I got to go apply for it, which some do. Some do apply just so that they can be like, look at our tax exemption status. We have it. But you are theoretically right. automatically tax exempt the minute that you established you are a church. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer your initial question about like how much money is being lost, I feel like we need to dive a little deeper and I want to do that. But before we do that, uh, we are going to take a break. Before that break, though, V, let's talk about yeah. the richest pastors in the world. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Because I feel like it sets us up richest nice for our next pastors. section. The richest pastors in the world. Uh, the number one richest pastor in the world. Shout out to Kenneth Copeland at $300 million. He's the one, if you've seen him, he's he's kind of he's old a little, like, like very pinky orange. Like he's got the spray tan going and then just a poof of, of very carefully set white hair. Oh, yeah. He paid money for that. That's He looks like money is what he looks like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's from Texas. He was born in 1936, so... He has clearly enjoyed. Old as fuck. I was gonna say he's clearly enjoyed the benefits of segregation, um, <laughs> but that's just fun for me. Um, he has television, so he's he's a televangelist. In fact, I'm pretty sure if you turn to the air right now, yeah, that's where I've seen him. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, I would steal my parents' uh, alcohol and then just watch him with 3D glasses. It was fun. Yeah, if you uh, if you have an antenna and you tune it to like one of the Christian <laughs> channels, he is one of those Christian channels. The, it's like a Copeland Ministries yeah, yeah, channel. Yeah. Uh, he's an author, he's a public speaker, and he's a musician. <laughs> yeah, and officially. Uh, oh. Officially, he's worth three hundred million, but people say he's worth a lot more than that. Second, right? Because we don't know what their money is. No all clue. Doing. I can tell you this though: he has three private jets. Do you know how much? Wow, one private jet costs to maintain, purchase, and operate. He had this motherfucker has um, three. You have to pay a ground crew for a private jet. It's 
It's a lot of money. Our next. That's so. Uh, I, it's I assume so, it's a lot of money. It's a lot. I assume it's a lot you of money. You know how much just a private jet oh, flight it's, costs? It's saying, it's saying, um, it's around half a million to a million dollars annually to operate a private jet. Yeah, and he has fucking three. Three. <laughs> Not to mention storing them and paying when he flies to some other place. He has to pay to like literally rent space to hold them. It is private jets are insane. Right. And that's not including that's not including the actual aircraft and how much it costs. That exactly. That's just the upkeep and maintenance yeah. <laughs> for the private yeah. jet. Not also on top of it, yeah. another I assume four and a half to five million for the jet itself. If it's not a custom job, which it probably is, he's probably got crosses and just <laughs> Jesus all over that jet. So it's probably like 15 Ooh, mil. I want to see what the bathroom looks like. Oh my God. I, it's just a portrait of white Jesus being like, you can do how, it. You how can dope poop. would it be if, if you walked into the jet and the entire thing just like flipped over into a strip club with a push of a button? It would be so amazing. I want that jet personally. All right. Next. Uh, remember, remember when Hooters had an airline? Hooters had Rest an airline? Yeah. Hooters Air. Briefly, very briefly. There's so much I want to talk about with that, but like I can't. We have to keep going. <laughs> Next on the list at 150 million is David uh, Oyedepo. He's Nigerian, uh, and when I showed him to my wife, who is first generation Nigerian Gambian, she was like, "Yeah, Christians fleece Africans big time." Um, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, they do." Yeah. Um, he has a church with a 50,000 seat capacity, which really kind of fucks up that that formula. Holy shit. It's like a stadium. It is a stadium. It's an auditorium with a 50,000 seat capacity. He also owns private jets and houses in the US and the UK. There's Pat Robertson, uh, founder of the 700 Club, at $100 million. I don't want to talk about Pat Robertson. I hate him. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I, I know. I know about. Wait. Is he? Didn't he die? I don't know. Did he? I hope so. Hold on. I feel like he's still alive. Uh, tell. Tell us about Pat Robertson. Is. He's alive. Wikipedia has oh, him as it is. It. Benny Hinn, 60 million. Televangelist. Uh, there's another pastor who is Nigerian, uh, Chris Oyakahilom at 50 mil. There's Joel Osteen who came into popularity recently when he let people who were running for their lives drown uh, at 40 million. Well, he didn't. He had to be shamed to opening his doors. And then there's one that you were very happy to see, yeah, uh, yeah. Creflo Dollar. If you're anywhere in the South, <laughs> you know who Creflo Dollar is. Black people in the South everywhere know uh, Creflo Dollar. Like, we all know Creflo Dollar. He was on Mr. BT at one point. Dollar. He was, I'm sorry. Reverend Dollar. I, I, he actually might be Dr. <laughs> Dollar. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Dollar! Yeah. And then there's Rick Warren, who has a $25 million. There's Jesse Duplantis <sighs> at $20 million. Uh, there's Bishop T.D. Jakes at $18 million. There's T.B. Joshua at $10 million. Uh, Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams at $6.9 million. By the way, the last four people were black. Shout out to black people making that money. Uh, there's Apostle Quadwo yeah. Safo at $6.5. There's Pastor Dr. Mensa Odebill. Oh, okay. So there's, it looks like that we've got the pastors of, are... A lot of black pastors at the end. Man. Uh, well, there's either they're from Nigeria or they're from Ghana. It seems like yeah. that's where evangelical Christianity really has its hooks in. And then the last one is Reverend Kwaku Ake Agye Antwi Obufor, which he's Ghanaian. He's Ghanaian. And that is the top 15 richest pastors. Um, that is a lot of money and no one's taxing them. When we come back from break, we are going to... Oh, this... Uh, Go ahead. I'm just going to say his 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 suit, though, that last guy... Oh, it's nice. Uh, it's really wet. Like, 
really like the drip. It's very, is... it's very tight though. I will say this: I don't like the tightness around the he, stomach. Oh my god! I'm looking. I don't know if you see this, but he has a rosary around his neck, and I don't know if you can see this, but the beads on the rosary are all pearls. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a holy drip. All right, we drip. have to go to break. Drip for Jesus. When we come back, we're uh, we'll cover um, how much money potentially the United States is losing outside of the seventy one billion because there's more, and we'll talk about just tax exempt history. Like, why are churches taxes exempt? We still haven't really dug into the history of it. So let's let's get into that when we come back to, from break. <laughs> Town. I, I, the special thing about that is I trilled my R. I was like, Frown, and then halfway in, I was like, there's nothing else to trill in this word. It's just going to be the R. Okay. Hey, we're back. Yay. Improv is not always good. <laughs> Actually, I guess it should be improv is not always bad. That's right. Taking shots at improv. Sure. Before we went to break, we were like, religion is bad. No. Uh, before we went to break, <clears throat> we talked about uh, religion's tax exempt status. And we talked about the richest pastors yeah. in the world, how much money they had, the fact that there's so about $71 billion in income that we know about, sort of, that the U.S. might be losing. And the thing that we teased before we came, when we would come back from break, is that we would talk about America's tax exempt history um so here's the thing about uh, the tax exempt history of america there is a document that exists on the irs uh government <laughs> website sorry i didn't mean to giggle at this but it's irs.gov uh yeah. and on it there's a 31 page like pdf that explains literally the history of the tax exempt sector for uh excuse me all of the united states tax exemption for uh, like major organizations began in 1894. Okay, so it's been a minute. Yeah, V, you may be familiar with it. It's the Tariff Act of 1894 is the earliest statutory reference to tax exemption for certain organizations. Uh, and the thing that's that's Dang. interesting is that um, tax exemption is sort of written into the Constitution, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. Uh, here's how it falls. Hold on okay. a minute. I, need to, okay. I have to find my explainer because uh, I kind of know this by hand, but I also kind of don't. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, here it is. Okay. So, um, in the Constitution, why, oh, wait. No. God damn it. Sorry. I, <laughs> I clicked on the wrong link. I, no one's going to hear this now because I'm going to have to cut all this out. Uh in the first amendment of the United States Constitution, Thomas Jefferson uses a phrase uh, that the Congress shall make no law respecting establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And that was to mm. try to like get the idea of a separation between church and state. So, sure. Yep. And we talked about the separation between church and state. So, how does taxes play into that? Uh, there is a thing I was going to write, I was going to say about this. In the... <laughs> ah, this is so much text. Uh, okay. Um, God, why is there so much text? <sighs> Can you find letters in it? Okay, here we go. In it? Entry in... Uh, it's, it's specific papers. Um, the first Congress delivered... So, the first Congress, we all know the first Congress, right? Uh, the first Congress was we all... 
got together and was yeah. like, we're going to pass laws. The first Congress had deliberations mm-hmm. regarding uh, this idea of the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause. Um, so there are three central concepts that come from the First Amendment, which became America's doctrine for church and state separation. No coercion in religious matters. No expectation to support a religion against one's will. And religious liberty encompassing all religions. So in sum, citizens are free to embrace or reject the faith and support a religion voluntarily. And all religions are equal in the eyes of the law with no special preference or favoritism. Right. So the idea well, here that's is that not true. Well, but there's not supposed to be any special <laughs> preference or favoritism and that everybody has voluntarily be able to like choose a religion. So like if I start a church and I'm trying to like, you know, get started as me and like a hundred people, um, making me tax taxable would essentially be like the government being like, well, you don't have enough money to be a religion. So now we're going to shut you down. And so it, it would be right. In this case, the state overstepping on churches. Because a funny thing happened, V. A lot of the people who came uh, to America... Oh, you okay? A lot of people came to America and started the American government uh, were from Europe. And they actually uh, did not like the European process of separation of church and state. If you recall in Europe, the separation of church and state is very, very absolute. It's almost done with some disdain. I think here in America, it's yeah. it's more like we just want benefits for the church. And as long as the church is separate, they can have all these wonderful benefits, basically tax benefits, right? And this all kind of got established. Sure. This all kind of got established uh, in 18... No, not 1800. Uh Jesus, I had all of this stuff ready, and now I can't find any of it. Uh, go fuck myself. Um, this is all established with the... Uh, there's a specific law. One sec. Oh, sorry. 1913. My bad. This is all established in 1913 at the federal level. Uh, specifically in 1913, the Revenue Act of 1913. So that's when the income tax system was established. And since 1913, religions have been exempt from... Uh, tax since 1913 so v that's a long time we're gonna go back to your question which we sort of answered we said there was about 71 billion dollars right sure yeah but so i don't think that's an accurate assessment uh here's here's why um there is an explainer that i sent to you by the conversation and we talked about this pre-show yes and in this explainer, what they did is they went to a county in Florida called Manatee County. Manatee County uh, <laughs> is um, it's a county in Florida. It is uh, endangered by Speedboat County because um, there's a lot of Speedboat counties, but not a lot of Manatee counties. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Manatee County has about 300,000 citizens. <sighs> yep. They live in a mixture of rural and urban areas. And it is close to the national average when it comes to the religious makeup of its residents, right? And then if you look at property values in Florida and the cost of living, they're almost exactly in the middle of all U.S. states. So this gives you an idea. Yeah. So this should give you an idea of how much money might be floating around out there that is tax exempt. Sure. So here's what they did. They went to Manatee County. They have a public portal and they show certain properties being classified as churches and therefore they're exempt uh, from ad valorem taxes. Or properties 
owned by churches are having a religious exemption. So I, can, I, I can imagine it could be like a bakery. I don't know. Maybe a church has a bakery so they can like bake bread. Well, okay. But here's what's weird about that. Uh, people. I think this might have just been churches because like think about like uh, – so I don't know if you have ever seen one of these, but – you well, no, you have. You've seen a religious bookstore before, right? Like it's specifically <laughs> books for yes. God, right? I know you've seen one. There was one my yes. mom used to take us to and it was the most – Absolutely. So my mom used to take us on these like uh, errands and the worst errands were – because they were next to each other. There was a Christian bookstore that she would stop at and we'd have to go to a Christian bookstore. Ooh, and then nice. it was the uh, – health food store where like it was all vegan foods and like carob and like you know no chocolate just carob and peanuts and all that stuff so my mom would take us as kids yeah as kids my mom would take us to the health food store where it's just like oh you want some grass some some grass some some flaxseed and then we go from there To the Christian bookstore, which was like, why do you hate us? Like, nothing good came of this. We bought vegetables and God. I hate this. But I remember this because, like, those... Vegetables and God. It's like VeggieTales. It, it is like VeggieTales. It was before <laughs> VeggieTales, though, so it wasn't as entertaining. Um, this The thing that's, that's... And by the way, my parents hated the concept of VeggieTales. It was too far outside of... Uh, <laughs> the teachings of god which really should, which should tell you everything you need to know about my upbringing as a as a christian uh sure what's interesting about the, that though v is uh i don't know it's so like a books a religious bookstores from what i understand don't pay property taxes don't pay income taxes because they're a religious bookstore but i don't know if they would be listed as property oh. of the church Okay. Because you don't need to be. If you're a religious bookstore, and, and actually the IRS, uh, and this is where I guess we probably you should- You could just rent out a space and write it off or whatever? Well, I don't know. Because here's the thing that, I, the reason I'm saying that. So in the, the tax exempt status stuff that the IRS sends you, one of the things they say, and yeah. I wish I didn't have to pull all this stuff up at the last minute, because I should have just had it. Um, one, of the things they, <laughs> one of the things they tell you to do is to, uh, when you're applying for tax exemption, is to check with other organizations organizations that you might be a subsidiary of or that you might have some uh, uh. like that you might have some actual uh, what word, uh, I guess some connection to so like for instance if I'm a Christian sure. bookstore but I sell all books for Southern Baptists I might be able right. to by reaching out to like the Southern Baptist Convention or like reaching out to a Southern Baptist church I might be able to get tax exempt status that way I see so they're like hey listen before you get your own tax exempt status Check with your buddies and maybe they have some tax exempt status yeah. that they can lend you a cup of. And I think the key though is like huh. you talked about, it's religious, educational, scientific, or other charitable purposes. I think like educational, you could probably write off the and I, I assume this is not like you're not like making like you're paying yourself a salary, yes, but all of the earnings aren't going to in wealth wealth in and wealth in enrich, enrich, enrich yourself. And wealth is not a word. It's not going to enrich yourself. I'd love to get tax-exempt status for my church, which is I run up and I kick somebody in the shins and then I run away. And it's educational because I'm teaching you to to watch out. So here is the other thing that I want to make sure that we cover uh, while we're talking about the history of the tax-exemption status. There have been several acts that... uh, 
actually have to do with tax exemption status. We are focusing primarily mm-hmm. on tax exemption and deductions uh, for churches, but giving money to churches can be give, considered a charitable donation. So let's go through all the revenue acts that we've had throughout the years that have helped solidify. Oh, shit. Yeah, that we, we're not going to do a lot of them, but the majority of them that have helped solidify uh, the church's status. So we're going to start, we talked about 1913. Let's jump to 1950. The Revenue Act of 1950 uh, actually is what is established the un sorry the unrelated business income tax UBIT. The unrelated business income tax is imposed on charitable organizations except churches in 1950. So they were like, hey, if you're a charitable organization, mm. we are going to impose taxes on labor and agricultural organizations, chambers of commerce, business leagues, real estate boards title holding companies, trusts. We're taxing all of this before you weren't taxable, but we're not going to tax churches. In 1969, there was a tax reform act in 1969. It established private foundation rules. It also meant there was a minimum charitable payout requirement and a 4% excise tax on net investment income. So when we started putting up all the framework to tax uh, investments, we also exempted churches from that in 1969. When we changed how much the net investment income excise tax was to 2% in 1978, we exempted churches. In 1984, we exempted churches. In 1993, we exempted churches. In 1996, we exempted churches. When we wrote the Taxpayer Bill of Rights in 1996 and 1997. Wait, wait, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. We exempted churches. Yes. And even the yeah, pension protection a pattern. Yeah, the Pension Protection Act of 2006, which is why churches don't have to pay for Social Security and clergy doesn't have to. They can exempt. They can opt out of it. We exempted churches. So through all the years, we've always exempted churches. And there's arguments for why we have. I found this thing. It's a pro and con argument. The uh, why don't you be? Well, I'll let you choose. Do you want to be pro or con our uh, churches? Uh, oh, let me be pro churches. All right, so I'm. Just, I just sent it to you. Uh, so there's pro and con arguments. There's three pro arguments. There's three con arguments. Uh, if you'll start, you'll read a, read me a pro argument, and then I'll read a con argument, and then we'll talk about it. So, so, so give me pro one. Okay. Oh, I found this website earlier. Okay, so uh, here's a pro: exempting churches from taxation upholds the separation of church and state embodied by the establishment clause of the First Amendment. In the Constitution. Okay, so to explain this, um, the Supreme Court, in a majority opinion written by Chief Justice Warren E. Berger <laughs> in Walls, Walls B. Walls. Tax Commission of the City of New York, decided in May, on May 4th, 1970, that, quote, the exemption creates only a minimal and remote involvement between church and state and far less than taxation of churches. It restricts the fiscal relationship between church and state and tends to come complement and reinforce the desired separation insulating each from each other right so basically we're not going to get our business mixed up with your business you do your thing and we'll do ours Is and that- I, I think it's the the thing that I, I i sort of understand this this reasoning but i also kind of disagree with it the thing that i will disagree with is that churches benefit from services in society so churches benefit from sure I mean, they, they benefit from society. So all the things that taxes pay for is not like churches don't get those things because they don't pay into them. They just get right. them for free or more to the, to right. the point. 
we get we pay for them to have it whether or not we go to the church i mean right. if you go to the church you totally pay for them to have it but if you don't go to the church you still pay for them to have it uh so that that's a pro mm-hmm. argument and then based upon that same argument uh, a con is tax exemptions for churches violate the separation of church and state enshrined in the establishment clause of the first amendment of the u.s constitution yeah so uh, this is the opposite argument uh by providing a financial benefit to religious organizations and institutions government is supporting religion associate justice of the u.s supreme court will William O. Douglas, in his dissenting opinion, in Walls, the tax commission of the city of New York. I just like to say it, Walls. <laughs> Walls. Walls. Uh, decided to the window <laughs> to the wall <laughs> exactly <laughs> decided may 4th 1970 uh he stated if believers are entitled to public financial support so are non-believers a believer and non-believer under the mm. present law are treated differently because of the articles of their faith i conclude that this tax exemption is unconstitutional and in this case a believer right. would be joel olstein he writes books they sell right. he sells a lot of copies of books he pays zero taxes for those books. Right. On the flip side, other well, authors and, and it's the same. Oh, go ahead. Other authors don't. They yeah. pay taxes. Well, it's it's. Yeah. Uh, I I want to just let the listeners know that according uh, uh starting in uh two, 2019, uh the Satanic Temple, which is different from the Satanic Church, is now a tax exempt uh religious organization, and that's exactly what they said was they basically that it's not fair that religious people uh are able to get out of paying their taxes but non-religious people are exempted so they went after the tax exempt status kind of as a you know they're troll they're trolls that's what they do yeah and i mean but yeah that's exactly it 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 would be dope if they would take all of our money from us uh pre-tax and then give it back to us tax-free yeah because they they could take it pre-tax recycle it all into so we work all of our income just cycles into them and then they just dole it back out to us but without us having to pay taxes on it yeah they could 100 <laughs> do that and then we would have we'd have no roads uh no but we'd all have our money <laughs> uh we also wouldn't have a government so i mean like eh, t- toss up on the benefits of that uh <laughs> All right. Well, what here's a here's another pro though. Okay. Here's another what do you pro. Got? Think about this. Think about this. Uh, so requiring churches to pay taxes would endanger free expression uh, of religion and violate the free exercise clause of the First Amendment of the Constitution. Um, yep. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cite McCullough v. Maryland uh, from 1819. The power to tax involves the power to destroy. Yeah. Okay. So we, mm-hmm. we talked we talked about that, and I will say this: they would be empowered to penalize them if they did not pay their payments. The government is empowered sure. to penalize everyone if they don't pay their payments. That's how taxes work. I would argue it's not the government shutting down the religion and stopping you from 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 expressing your religion. It's just stopping you from owning property as an organization. You can still be a religion. Mm. I used to, uh, and this is weird that I just had this as a, as a thought process, but we used to actually, uh, for whatever reason, meet in people's houses throughout the city uh, once a week as a mm. Jehovah's Witness. It was called a. It's a whole thing. I won't go into it, but we would meet once a week in other people's houses, and people would open up their homes. We walk in, and if you are, uh, if you ever go to a place where uh, Jehovah's Witnesses are banned, or if you go to a place where 
um, there just isn't enough money in the area to build like a place to meet, they do it in other people's houses or right. like they rent out a banquet hall. Or, you know, so like, I mean, that there are other options other than, well, if we tax, we don't pay our taxes, we're going to get shut down. If you have enough followers, you have enough money to pay your taxes. This There's there's no reason for you not well, to. Well, Jesus is in your heart, not in the church. That's what I was always told. And while I realize it's a very conservative stance, I feel like the one place where i don't have sympathy for lack of money is religion because again <laughs> look at religion uh he- here's the thing that i will say as a con argument um tax exemption is a privilege v not a right governments have traditionally granted Boo. this privilege to churches because of the positive contribution give me my privileges that they are presumed to make so churches are supposed to be positive in the community and i mean Whatever. I, I said, okay, no. and that's, I said that's I'm not what I'm coming saying. for churches. That's what I'm saying. You, the, all right. The, so the churches, but, but they v, go out of this. There's the churches, no, but they, v, what? v, there's no specific provision in the U.S. Constitution for this privilege. There's nothing that says that churches have the right to be tax exempt. It is a privilege and privileges can be both revoked and extended Yet. because they are privileges. All right. Well, how about this? You said that churches are, uh, you know, supposed to be positive, and I would say that churches earn their tax exemption uh, because they contribute to the public good. Uh, there's the social services, people in need, mm-hmm. soup kitchens, homeless mm-hmm. shelters, after school programs, assistance to domestic violence stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like if if we're doing it, at the church, you don't have to do it, the government. Mm-hmm. What about that? Uh, a couple things. Um, churches are not the only organizations who provide services to people. Uh, the government does provide services, but so do other nonprofit organizations. And they don't try to force God on them with their food. So it's not like, oh, hey, you need a place to stay? You need some food? Well, let us talk to you about God while you eat and sleep. Like, they don't force that on someone. And the wild part is, if you want to prioritize these services being done, then you would give those same that same treatment to the nonprofits that do that as well, and not just the churches. It's like the ladies who go to um, the strip clubs and out to the track, uh, and they have to switch, like, in the strip clubs... They give out t-shirts and sweatshirts to say, Jesus loves strip strippers. And then they want to talk to you about Jesus and like give you like, I don't know, a piece of candy or whatever and a t-shirt so that you can like be off the floor and then you don't make any money. And then they all have other sweatshirts that say, Jesus loves the track. <laughs> and they're handing out sweatshirts in the summertime. I mean, I feel like Jesus did love strip workers. clubs, though. I feel like Jesus loved strip clubs. He might have loved the track, oh, too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, okay, so here's the thing, V. Yeah. Jesus was a carpenter. He was all about that wood. So, of course, he loved strip clubs. Ah! Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ is right. Um, <laughs> He was all about that wood. He, I imagine he spent a lot of time rubbing wood. I imagine. I mean, he's a carpenter. He was all about the wood. Well, yeah, he did. He did. It took him three days to die or whatever. Yeah. Or no, three days to rise. He was up on the cross for a while. It wasn't three days, but it was a while. It was. He, it took a while to die. It was, he was enjoying the wood too much. Um, Here's the con argument. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to make a lot of wood jokes. Uh, Churches receive special treatment from the IRS beyond what other nonprofits receive. And... Such favoritism is unconstitutional. So we kind of talked about this idea about the special treatment. Secular charities are compelled to report their income and financial structure to the IRS using Form 990. Churches are granted automatic exemption without having to file a tax return ever. Ever. So like, we don't know... (laughs) 
how much money a church has. We don't know how they're set up. We don't know how they're structured. We don't know how much good they're really doing with that tax exemption. So they're like, oh, we're feeding the poor baby. But they might feed like one poor person and then give all the rest to their pastor. And as far as we're concerned, we're like, they're doing good for the community. What if they're just like feeding uh, white people and not feeding black people and brown people? What if they're just like feeding? No, but what if they're like Catholic and they're like, yo, we'll feed you, but you have to take the sacrament first and you're not Catholic. And so he's like, well, I guess I have to starve to death. Like there's a lot of things that we don't know that they could be doing i mean we assume because they're like churches that they're doing the right thing but that kind of goes back to what we were saying about how with american government we love religion whereas with european government they don't trust it and it might just be because european government got shafted by religion multiple times on multiple occasions and they were finally like we got we can't do this anymore only england loves religion more How about this, though? Um, Here's a fun fun pro. Uh, Taxing churches would place government over religion. Uh, This pro begins with the phrase, the biblical book of Judges. (laughs) 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 Says that those who rule society are appointed directly by God. I love that that's fucking Uh, cited on this. (laughs) Evangelist and former USA Today columnist Don Boys, B-O-Y-S, Boys, PhD. So Dr. 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 Don Boys. Dr. Boys to you. Dr. Boys. Dr. Boys, sir. You put some respect on his name. (laughs) (laughs) Will any believer maintain that government is over the church of the living God? I thought Christ was preeminent over all. That's first of Dr. all, boys. first of all, Christ himself said to pay fucking taxes when he said, pay God's things to God's, but Caesar things to Caesar. So let's just get that out of the way since mm. we're going to be like the government. <laughs> Secondly, as far as I'm concerned, the goddamn United States, yes, the government is above religion because guess what? We all support the government. We don't all support your janky-ass religion. And it's fucking terrible that I have right, to support if it. If your religion says that, like, it's okay to murder somebody and then you murder somebody, then, like, the oh, no, government's no, v, still no, going to No, 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 the government says it's okay to murder people. Get you. No, 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 cool, cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. <laughs> <laughs> be cool, be cool, be cool. The government says it's okay to murder people all the time. Be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. No, 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 don't bring that up. <laughs> under very specific conditions. Uh, under uh, all conditions. For certain people. Under all conditions, as long as it's not on the uh, American soil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So the thing with that, though, is that like a tax break forces everyone to support religion, whether or not they are religious. When you force me not to tax or you force uh, me to pay taxes and you don't let religion pay taxes, I am essentially paying for all the services that religion consumes. And that goes back to what we were saying. This would work great if religion did not consume any services that taxes pay for. Mark Twain, that notable writer uh, of amazing characters like Nigger Jim <laughs> said <laughs> so great assault but if I have to quote somebody uh, I'm gonna quote the man who made Nigger Jim uh, he said no church property is taxed and so the infidel and the atheist and the man without religion are taxed to make up the deficit in the public income thus caused mm. yeah all right can't argue with the all man right. who created nigger jim can you <laughs> that's a very hard r damn it's a hard uh, r nigger jim okay 
Mark Twain did. Mark Twain was not from the era of hip hop. He didn't understand that R was supposed to be soft. He didn't know. He was just like nigger Jim. That's how you say it, right? <laughs> uh, one more. We got time for one more V. Oh, so God. G- give me a, give me your best pro. All right, all right. Hit me with your best shot. Let me Pat say. Benatar. Here's a fun one. Okay, I'm gonna choose this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say this. Okay, so U.S. churches have been tax exempt. For over 200 years, yet there are no signs that America has become a theocracy, winky face. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to say if the tax exemption were a serious threat to the separation of church and state, then the U.S. government would have succumbed to religious rule long ago. As the Supreme Court ruled in To the Window, To the Walls v. Tax Commission of the City of New York in 1970, and this is a quote, freedom from taxation for two centuries has not led to an established church or religion and, on the contrary, has helped to guarantee the free exercise of all forms of Religious belief. Fucking really? Yeah, we definitely haven't sank into a theocracy. Fucking really? We definitely <laughs> didn't ban abortion or anything. Yeah, I was going to say, what about the abortion sure. ban or the ban on gay marriage or the religious freedom exemption that is very much just a, the- a theocracy itself? Look, no, America is not coming to a theocracy because a theocracy literally means a rule by God. And if we are anything, we are a godless fucking nation who likes to pretend that we aren't. But... Ultimately, a lot of the <laughs> rules and laws and legislation are based upon theocracy. We have never had an atheist for a president. We've never had an atheist for Aww. any public federal office. Remember when it was controversial for a Catholic to be president? It still is, V. What do you mean, when? You mean, remember, it's controversial? <laughs> it is still controversial. There is still... And it's 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 wild to me that we truly feel like we don't live in a theocracy, but we can't have any major party. When two of, the, two of the three leaders of every... Actually, no. When all of the major leaders of our nation... So uh, McConnell... Not McConnell. Schumer. I forgot Schumer. Schumer is the leader now, even though McConnell's definitely there. But Schumer, Pelosi and Biden are all self-professed Christians. And Pelosi and Biden Mm. are very, very adamant about how much time they spend praying and about God. And Biden just met with the fucking Pope. So, like, I feel like we're... Oh, like when they they did their prayers in their little kente cloth. Bullshit and didn't do anything else. Like I feel like the it, it's it's such bullshit to say that America That's how they pray. and also it's America's been taxed up for two hundred years, but we have been slowly moving towards a theocracy. It has not it's not gonna happen overnight. I don't think you go to sleep tonight and we're like heathens and then we wake up and it's like god that's not how that shit happens it's it's a slow roll and we've been slowly rolling to a more and more theocratic state and if we were truly separate if we were truly separating church and state i think that we would look at the fact that churches don't help the government v they don't do anything what the churches don't help the government hospitals homeless shelters they do things that the government does not. What does a church do? Their entire function uh, well, is to t- waste your time on Sunday before football. That's their entire function. They do. They do. There's a church. There's a church that I saw. Uh, the Mormons do a Taco Tuesday. 
You know, every because that's that's what everybody wants when ta- they want tacos is tacos made by Mormons. That's wild when you consider that brown people can't get into heaven according to Mormons. But whatever. Um, <laughs> that's a real, tr- a truly wild choice. Uh, but the the thing that will and we have to wrap. I just looked at how much time we spent. We we and there's a lot more to these pros and cons. I will put a link to the notes, a link in the notes uh, to this site that has all these pros and cons. Uh, the thing that I will say just in closing is we are looking at somewhere around $100 billion in revenue. There is not a single service. Wow. Yeah, yeah. A year, by the way. A year. A year. And there is not a single service that is offered by the American government that churches do not benefit from on a local, state, or federal level. Not one. And I don't understand if we're like, rich people need to pay their part. Why churches don't fall into that and why pastors don't fall into that as well especially when uh, we kind of glossed over this and I wish we had had a little bit more time to dig into it, but we could argue that net earnings of the church are being used to ignore the benefit of private individuals and shareholders. How the fuck else do you get to 300 fucking million dollars? I'm just... It's a lot of money. It's a lot. Off of God? Off God? Fucking God? <laughs> God. It's, just, it's wild to me. All right, Sophie, do you have anything you want you want to add? <laughs> um, I just <laughs> Yeah. I just off God. doing this is uh, it, it brings me it brings back a lot of memories uh, about being in the church, um but particularly uh the songs. Mm-hmm. Uh that so, sweet, sweet music. So I just, yeah, the sweet, sweet music. Blessed be the Lord, our God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yeah. And all God's people say amen. 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 And all God's people say amen. 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 And praise the Lord. That's I remember that. <laughs> but okay. So, so how do you feel about taxing that song, V? How about all, let all God's people say pay their taxes? I think none I of God's people if, said anything. If I have, to, if I have had to have that song playing on a loop in my head for the last twenty years, that the least the church can do is pay tax. The least, I agree with you. I, I honestly, as a punishment, not even as for punishment, putting that inside of me, not as a punishment. I feel like churches should pay tax, and also all the internalized homophobia. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, first of all. Uh, Churches have put worse things inside people. Ha ha. But <laughs> ah. Ah, terrible joke. Wow. Uh, second thing I will say, V, is I think, again, the, my whole point to all of this is I think we have seen that churches have benefited from society and continue to benefit from society. And I think we need as... And this is the socialism me talking, obviously, but I think that we as people need to really consider the fact that society needs money to support itself and it can't be supported yes. upon the backs of the lowest ranking members. And, and technically ch- taxing, I get it, taxing churches is taxing. Well, and like, you, you can't, you know, you can't, like, Jesus wasn't like, hey... Drip, drip. Like, Jesus doesn't need you. Well, not, not, even, not even from to... a religious standpoint. All, all I'm saying is, I, like, like taxing churches is theoretically taxing the lowest, like, the poorest people because, you know, poor people belong to churches. But I do feel that if we tax churches, that you're taking some of the money that churches are taking from those people and turning it back into services that are going to help them. There is not a church, I feel, that is going to be so negatively impacted by having to pay taxes that they're not going to be able to continue on missions well, and anymore. Not everybody... <laughs> 
wants to go to like a mission or like a church run homeless shelter. Yeah, not just that, but but if I'm an atheist or an agnostic person, like I was saying, I don't want. I remember, and this is we got to close because we are stupid over time. But I remember as a Jehovah's Witness, I was uh, walking from door to door, and we met this guy, and he was like, "I just spent all day feeding the homeless and helping people who were unhoused." Like, what did you do? And we were like, "We've been going from door to door telling people about the Bible." And my dad tried to pull this thing, and was like, "That was the better. That was better. We were giving them a future." And I got to be honest with you, we weren't. Um, and that sits, <laughs> that sits in my mind because like we, we used to build all of our, our, uh, buildings, like our kingdom halls or churches or whatever. And we all had skills in building, but I never remember us building a house, not one house for a person who didn't have one. Not even people who belong to the church that were mm. suffering and needed a house. We wouldn't build a house for them either. So the only thing I will Fun. say is that I think if churches were really trying to help people, they would. I don't think taxing them is going to make the difference. We have had 200 years of churches being not being taxed and we've had 200 years of homelessness. So yeah, why don't we do some different shit? Uh, v, if people want to contact you, with their incredible ideas about all the things they'll do with the tax money they get that we're going to get from churches, how yeah, uh, yeah. how can they do that? It's solely on social media, uh, no other contact wanna, with you. If you want to start, if you want to start a church where we worship the moon, I'm really into that. Uh, okay. You can find me on the moon or Sailor Moon because uh, I would I'd be down for Sailor Moon. The moon, oh, the moon, okay. the big rock in the sky, Jay. I want to worship Sailor. Come moon. on, I want to worship Sailor Moon. Um. All right. Well, you can worship Sailor Moon. Get your sparkle on. We will worship uh, the actual moon. Get your and we'll reflective all shine coexist. on. Um, you know, you can um, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter, and you can also find me on the TikTok. Uh, that's at V Chatty. That's V E E C H A T T I E. And uh, yeah, let's. Uh, Let's start a religion. Why not? <laughs> Jay, what about you? If people want to join your Sailor Moon church, what, how would they find out about that? Uh, first of all, we're a Sailor Moon cult because we're going to kill ourselves at the end of it. Um, we're not a church. I, I'm going... Oh, no. <laughs> we're full cult status, baby. Um, if you want to kill yourself <laughs> over the sparkling goodness that is Sailor Moon, you can find me oh. on Twitter and on Instagram at adjective underscore J uh, if you want to only contact the show because the fact that I just started talking about a Sailor Moon themed death cult scares you. you death can- cult? Death cult. <laughs> Sailor Moon death cult. We're, we're going to die at the end of our Sailor Moon <laughs> worship. I, did, I keep saying we're going to watch all of the Sailor Moon episodes and at the end we'll be like, ah, and we'll kill ourselves. Um, specifically, we're going to yell, ah, all at the same time and then pick ways to kill ourselves. <laughs> um, if you want to contact the show, you can contact us at Frowntown Pod. <laughs> Both on Twitter and on Instagram. We are on Twitch. Please leave uh, five-star reviews for us anywhere that they can be left. Because we only want five-star reviews. I was on Storyteller. Shout out to Derek and everybody who's on the show with me. I appreciate it. I think that's it. I think we're done. I feel like we have covered right. so much. This was a much longer show than I thought it was going to be. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's Aha. just like no one on, at home can see me like holding my head. Because I just... God damn it. Um, We'll be back. Because... <laughs> Because of all the exceptions. All right. There's so much money being lost for what? For God? For God? 
What? I think you know what I think it is. It's the religious. It's the religious PTSD. God. So, God uh, has zero swag. He's not. PTSD. How do you have seven hundred billion dollars and look so so shitty? That's all I'm saying. I feel like God should be better. <laughs> do better, God. And I, I'm saying that uh, with all due respect. <laughs> we will be back. Uh, for now, I guess. Fcon. Fcon. Yeah.